Welcome <laughs> to the final film experience podcast of this season. Um, the Oscars. What the hell just happened? Well, last night, what happened? I'm still reeling from it. I was very excited. I'm here with Murtada. Hello, everyone. And Nick. Hey. And I was pretty ecstatic last night, so it's all kind of a blur. And Nick, I know you felt similarly, but I haven't talked to you yet, Murtada. Did you enjoy the show? Oh, the show was a slog, but it it was (laughs) saved at the end. So the last half hour was amazing. One Bong Guan director, then it was happy. But like the hour and a half before that, post, I don't know, post Laura Dern winning until Bong Guan, it was just like, what is going on? But then it doesn't matter because Parasite won the top two awards. So all is redeemed, all is forgiven. It was a rare Oscar night where I uh, didn't have a lot to be angry about. Even though I usually love the Oscars, I'm not trying to say, I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, it was horrible every year, but I always enjoy myself, but um, I enjoyed it more than usual, I I would say. I started crying during Lose Yourself, because I realized how happy I was to hear that song again, and maybe it was because I had just listened to Chrissy Metz do whatever that was, but (laughs) I was just in a great mood the entire show. I thought it was really fun, and, and... even wins that I wasn't super happy about, I was like, this makeup artist loves Charlize Theron, and yeah, she's so right. happy. And I, apparently everybody who works with Sam Mendes and James Mangold genuinely likes those guys, and that's the kind of shit that makes me weepy. Yeah. Other than Diane Ladd during Laura Dern, Charlize was like my winner for favorite person for the camera to go to because she was having a ball. Yeah, and her yeah, her cheering parasite on was great. I mean, that was started by Tom Hanks. Let's give credit where credit is due. She just joined in after Tom Hanks started. I that. think it was simultaneous. I think they are still stitched together like we learned at the club. Let's do a slow-mo. Let's do a slow-mo and find out. Uh, and I'm always excited about what that queen Rita Wilson is doing, and she was right in there in the middle of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a happy moment. That was all part of the part that redeemed the show for me. Um, all the things that happened after Best Director. After that was announced. That was amazing. Well, and even that announcement, like Spike Lee's joy was obvious, mm-hmm. which was very was exciting. Speech, like, and oh, then he, yeah. he gets everybody to stand up for Martin Scorsese, and then he's tributing Quentin. It was such a great speech. But he's like, oh, and I know Sam and Todd, too. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still, it was just so generous. Like the whole thing was so generous. It yeah, was it was great. generous, but you knew who his heart was in. You know, it was obvious. Come on. And Sharon Choi, everybody's new favorite person, Sharon Choi, the translator, who <laughs> everyone's been telling me for months is a, a incredible and apparently a filmmaker and and so good in those moments. And. My favorite bit about her is that obviously she was doing her job translating as all of this was happening. But as they were walking into the wings, that's where and she took like two seconds to try and hug him and congratulate him. And that was very cute, too. Oh. Like, I didn't I'll finish that the job, I, my job first, then I can act like just the person. She is a world-class translator because yes. 
if you watch her at all these shows, like, you can see her processing so much information, and she she's not one of these, she doesn't seem to paraphrase as much as other translators do, and yet she gets the full notion, and she leaves out any English words they said. I mean, like, I her know. mind, her mind is powerful. And I have a friend who translated all season last year for Galitza Aparicio and talked about, like, what it feels like to be at your 25th audience Q&A, Mm-hmm. where people are not only asking the same questions, but also asking the same question that was annoying the first time. And, like, <laughs> it's just so easy to get disheartened in that situation. And she's been a trooper. Yeah. There is a very cute video. I don't know where I saw it, probably on Twitter or on Instagram, where at the after party he's saying something and she gets up to translate. And he's like, no, 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 no. Go drink. You have the night off. Oh. <laughs> Well, obviously he's into the drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that yeah, and that was like one of the best moments too. I'll drink till morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was just very happy. That's the most happy I've been at a Best Picture win in so long. I mean, Moonlight was very happy, but it was so confusing the way it happened that it didn't yeah. allow the happiness to really seep in into like the next day type of thing. But if your MVP was Charlize, mine was Jane Fonda for that dramatic pause after she opened the envelope and only she and the accountants knew what was in there. And she was like, I'm just going to savor it for 10 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And then to just say that, and it was like, I'm looking at her and I'm like, this is good news. Otherwise she would not be doing this. If this was Ford v Ferrari, she wouldn't do this. (laughs) <laughs> Ford v Ferrari or 1917 or whatever. I loved, as I always do, what Matthew Eng said about, like, I know that queen watched what happened to Julia Roberts last year and was like, parasite or nothing. I will do this category based on one outcome. If it's any of these other eight, get somebody else. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. She was great. Yeah, she probably demanded to know Although the envelope. Did, you know, I was um, last night. I was very perplexed by why she had her coat with her, and then, and then she didn't have it. But then today, of course, the internet told me why, because the coat was the last piece of clothing she has ever bought. She's not buying clothes anymore for sustainability, and that coat is what she wears for her fire drills every Friday. And I guess that was her. Um, nod to all the protests that she's been leading. Yeah, I thought that was her arrest coat or something where she's been arrested lately. Yeah. So Um, Y'all are plugged in, man. (laughs) Everything is calculated. Speeches over and over again. You're reading actual information. That's cool. It always takes me so long to digest the Oscars, so and I'm and it doesn't help that I have a day job right now, so I can't. I couldn't do my normal thing of watching it the next day again. Yeah. Um, so well, I just with your headphones on in your cubicle, <laughs> like a normal person. But I, I mean, it's probably because I live in the bubble of New York City. But even in a corporate environment where people aren't like obsessed with the arts, um, people were very excited about Parasite this morning at work. Yeah. Um. A lot of them had seen it. They're like, it was so good. People just seem very happy about the win. When while we're on Jane Fonda, although this is also, I guess, a segue, I loved that she went out of her way at the beginning of that to say something kind that was clearly to Joaquin Phoenix 
about how important it is to raise awareness, I think she said, right? But, like, mm-hmm. pointing the finger to him in his seat. Because while that speech was going on, I just thought, like, people are going to be such... There's going to be divided opinions about being this mm-hmm. immersed in both, like, wanting to use this global stage to say something that's actually important to you, but but clearly struggling in the moment with how to inhabit that moment. And I felt like both he and Renee Zellweger did kind of, like, start, like, veering off, but I feel like that's what those two people are, and they've had to give 29 of these speeches, and it's really hard to do that, especially when you value your own privacy, and I just thought it was so generous of her to give him that moment of sympathy from the stage. They must have talked backstage, because there are photos of her backstage with him while she's touching his cheek. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I didn't see that until later, but even in the moment when she said what she said, it just seemed like for the half the audience that looked visibly unsure how to react to his speech once the cows were screaming, I felt like she was just trying to tell people to just be cool and listen to yeah. what he was saying. Yeah. And, and I don't know, those speeches really reeled off, though. And especially coming in at, like, 11.30 at night. It's just like, can yeah. we just get to Best Picture? We know you love Serena and Selena and Venus, but Renee, let's move on. <laughs> We are different Oscar watchers. I was like, oh, sweetheart, I know. Like, it's all happening, and you never asked for any of this, but... <laughs> Only she does so much. Well, that's what I, that's what I find weird. situation over and over again, but I don't think that girl ever wakes up being like, I wish the whole world's attention were on me. Like, I don't get that vibe yeah. from her. Yeah, she's so private, right? It's, it's... I just... I, I never get how people who are, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I never believe that about people who campaign that hard for awards. Because it's not like that girl has not campaigned hard for awards in her life. Yeah, but I think she wants people to see the movie, right? And I think she's become a champ. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying that from my perspective, that's the way you get people to see the film. You make a film like that, and you're obviously incredibly attached to the woman you just played more than you ever could have imagined, and you want people to experience her life, even if it means opening yourself up to all this visibility and inquiry, which, you yeah. know, and clearly also, is... We don't know anything about Renee Zellweger. Like, in my group chat, somebody asked, is she single? And I'm like, nobody could answer that. Nor do we know what she thinks about anything, really. Because all her speeches have been vague and pla- about platitudes and then a tribute to Judy Garland. So you don't know what she thinks about anything, about Joker, about life, about what's happening in the world, about anything. Oh, Joker. <laughs> I would have loved if in her speech she was like, Joker, I gave a B plus. <laughs> I would have loved it if somebody would be like, I want to share my ranking of the best pictures with you. Right. <laughs> right. But we know, like, people go around and say, oh, I love Joker, I don't know, or I love Parasite, right, right, or whatever. Right. But even she hasn't, really- yeah, she hasn't said even something as innocuous as that, you know? And even, like, when she mentions her fellow nominees, it's just their names, and very, like, vague things. I'm not even sure she saw any other movie other than Judy. Or even you don't think she had those popcorn breakfasts that she talked about? I believe that queen. I think she went. <laughs> I would rather not talk about Renee. <laughs> okay, we pushed our limit. I got you. What do you want to talk about, Nathaniel? 
Um, I want to talk about who was your favorite presenter of the evening? Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Those were very good. Yeah, they were great, right? So funny. Hands down. I wanted them, I basically, once they started, I'm like, can they just do the rest of the show? Right? Yeah. Then, then I would have been awake and in a better <laughs> mood. <laughs> they were just so, so funny. And you know how sometimes when people do bits, how it would just be like, oh, my God, yeah, I get it. Like, move on. But with yeah. them, I was drinking up everything. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I also loved Olivia Coleman, but I want to I want to oh. ask you guys. So was she talking about having sex with her husband? There was a lot of innuendo going on in that speech, <laughs> and some touching, suggestive touching. And I'm like, is this just about her winning an Oscar, or is this some mad sex night she had with her husband? I felt like it was <laughs> implying a mad sex night with her husband, but not to the degree that she wound up implying with the like, and I've given birth three times. Like I think she. <laughs> <laughs> But that was incredible. She was so great. Yeah, yeah. she was so funny. And I have to, um, speaking of bits that that start off funny and do they go on too long, I had that moment. I was, like, right on the wire with um, Will Ferrell and Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah. But mostly I thought it was very funny. Totally. Yeah. Even though that movie did not need to be remade. <laughs> right. But also they are they're so good, like, their best part is when they play assholes. So you totally believe that yeah. some, uh, you know, just actors who don't know what anybody else on set does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he comes and picks you up from your trailer. <laughs> so funny. And even um, Deakins responded to them. He's like, I'm actually a good cook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a funny, funny aside before he went on to his speech. Where he yeah. thanked the gaffer and the grips and yeah, the focus puller. Everything like, was so generous on Oscar night. A lot of very generous speeches. And I think in general, the speeches were better. Um, was that just me? Even the guy who thanked his wife for giving up her career so he could have a career? Very generous. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> I so don't remember that. That was the sound editor from Ford versus Ferrari, I think. So you were already distracted by how bored you were by that movie winning. Uh, I was happy, though, that like the editing award for Ford versus Ferrari was probably my lowest ebb in terms of like excitement, because I do think that's a badly edited movie. But I was impressed that like they voted for different movies for sound mixing and I sound was, editing. I was too, and I almost literally almost predicted that. I know that's easy to say after the fact, like in hindsight. Like I'm so awesome as a pundit about this thing you that are, I did not girl. publish <laughs> about this prediction I did not make. But I, <laughs> I literally almost predicted that. I thought, wouldn't it be like something they would do in this situation? Because it seemed like a toss up to me. I thought. I thought those two were going to – I couldn't make up my mind when I was doing the predictions. Like, one of them was going to win both, and then I thought briefly, what if I do this? And I wish I had, of course. So do you been... think this is, a like, a play from the from the sound category to try and renege on the fact that Hold next year it's going to be one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, you can't, you can't mix this. You can't put us back into just one category. See, we make different choices. It's hey, you know what? I you know when when they had that year was it last year it was like present all twenty four when they were threatening to not do all twenty four. 
Yeah. I was like, you know, give me 48. Divide all the disciplines. Like, give me a set decoration Oscar as opposed to just production design. Like, I don't mind. Exactly. I just think it's, I just think it's weird that sound gets... It's the only one, when, right? But none of the other crafts. And they all... All the crafts have, have many different disciplines within them, so it's, it seems strange. I always feel like the hairstylist just win the Oscar for whatever the makeup do, people are doing. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes the hair is not that great, and you're like, oh, okay. You won because people are thinking of the makeup, because makeup goes first. It's called makeup and hairstyling. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Including this year. Yes, the makeup was great, but come on, those wigs on Nicole Kidman? Nope. Well, and also, like, I mean, this has come up in our conversations before, but when I understood that, like, the makeup people's resistance to monster was about, like, well, yeah, you did her face, but the rest of her body just looks like Charlize Theron. And then Bombshell, it's like, you guys really were interested in Megan, huh? Because, like, Gretchen Carlson is Nicole Kidman in a bad wig. Like, I don't know when you ran out of energy, but I think we all see. And it was sort of surprising to me. I but. think that's why their speech was all about Charlize, right? I think all the budget Absolutely. just went into making Charlize Megan. And Let's like, make oh, the producer look good. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, okay, <laughs> fine, whatever, well, Nicole, they... just go in. You'll be okay. But, but in the same way, the script itself is like, yeah, Gretchen started it, whatever. Yeah. Megan one time said half <laughs> sentence and it rocks the world like and it just feels like the makeup people have the same preoccupation yep yeah that's why it's like when when you know i forget which was it sag that nominated nicole yeah yeah somebody nominated nicole and i was like what (laughs) because just that yeah that movie just does not care about gretchen carlson Uh. i love (laughs) the way they handled the acting nomination reels, but mm. I gather I might not be universal in that opinion. I thought it was an interesting new way to do it, because we still got clips. Yeah. Um, but the jumping back and forth made me like suddenly conscious about who they were giving short strift to, maybe. Ooh. Who was it? Because I didn't notice. I thought they were pretty balanced. Um, I, I can't remember which now because it's, you know, again, Oscar night's such a blur for me until I watch it again. But, um, there was the one, one of them, I was just like, wait, um, they only got like one clip and everybody else got two type of thing. I think you're thinking of Jennifer Lopez and the problem is that she wasn't actually nominated. <laughs> I know you were like, somebody's missing. <laughs> I, somebody's I actually, really tortuous. I liked the reels. I thought. It was an interesting way to do something different with that presentation, and sometimes the con- the performances looked like they were in conversation with each other, which was yeah. nice. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know that I that I want this to be the way it's done from now on. I am not there yet, but I liked it as a different and new thing to do for this year. It yeah, made it interesting. And like, it also makes the usually into the world of science fiction, but. I watched with Derek, who only saw two movies last year, which were A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Cats. And <laughs> since he hadn't seen anything... What a double feature. I know. And since he hadn't seen anything, it was really interesting getting his sense where he feels like... He watches the awards like maybe every three or four years, and he felt like this year in general, he was leaving as a totally blank slate with like a genuine sense of what each of those movies were like and what those performances probably felt like in more than just one scene. And he yeah. feels like he never gets that from the telecast or 
still has exactly the same questions when it's over as he did when it started about what is this movie even about? Who is she playing? And I thought this year did a really good job of capturing that. And if you know all the movies, it still felt like a good, a good job of capturing it, I thought. Yeah, no, I liked it just because it was different. And you do get the thing where, you know, because they play, they, you know, the Oscar clip problem of playing the same, you know, yeah. the, the, the Sissy's basic problem of everything with the plate smashing. Yeah. It's just so reductive to a really great performance, but that's what happens a lot of times in award season. So this felt like a way to prevent that from happening. Yeah. It was more like a montage. Yeah. And also just more time with the acting categories, which is, let's be frank, that's why people are tuning in. And, you know, you get, I thought we got more time, but also we got just more time because you get the clips and then they go back to the presenter and then the presenter brings them up again and talk, you know, and says their name. So it's more time with acting. Mm-hmm. And then you get to watch them have a longer moment of enjoying people's applause for them, which I thought was nice, right? Yeah. Where you're not like hustling out of a clip and into another one. Exactly. Yeah, and it's also going to make the YouTube videos better because you know they always remove the clips. Oh yeah, yeah that's it's so true. it's yeah. so awkward on all on all the old old award things because you're like it's so choppy, you know. Well, I don't want to crush your dream, but like I can tell you, having already watched the YouTube clips five times a piece, they start at the moment of the envelope opening. Oh no! Oh, that's very disappointing. I'm sorry, you guys. Oh. I'm like the person who just announced best film editing. I've disappointed everybody, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, you still have time to redeem yourself. Maybe you'll get your Jane Fonda moment. Maybe so. I'd like to think so. <laughs> um, what else was polarizing? Did you like how they handled the songs? I well, as we all know, original song this year was a disaster. It was yeah. a hot garbage fire as that category. Um and uh but but it made me think about the way they do the bake off and you know how we had always heard that they're forced to watch the songs in context and there theoretically that should mean that they didn't want so many end credit songs. Yeah. Um and yet if you Sometimes you get the problem of you watch something in context and then you see it out of context and you realize what a terrible song it is. <laughs> like, I can't let you throw yourself away from Toy Story 4. It's fine in the movie, right? But it is literally not a song. It is a chorus. And it's not even really a chorus. It's like two sentences that he says like 30 times and then the song's over. Was there a second sentence? Because I never heard it. I heard <laughs> you. I heard I can't let you throw yourself away a bunch of times. I mean, it, it's it's not a song. It's yeah. like a line that's just repeated. And I was just like, I'm embarrassed for him yeah. right now. Well, Cynthia was great. But was, that was the only one that worked for me. Yeah. I thought all the yeah, others well, I mean, were... Great performance. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm was... I'm kind the, of obsessed with her right now because, like, I'm, I'm watching that show on HBO, The Outsider, um, that new Stephen King uh, series, and she's so good TV? in it. I know. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, Murtad. I jumped in and interrupted because I got a, I had a Cynthia freak out. No, I was just going to say that it, that was the only performance that worked, and I totally thought she was going to win. I predict I was predicting her to win even before. And then after that, I think everybody there probably thought, oh, we really fucked up. We should have voted for that. Because then Elton John comes, and he's so listless, and it was one of the worst ones. Um, I think at least Adina Menzel 
benefited from the fact that she just came early because I don't think that was a good performance either. But she came early, and then I, you know, I I still had energy. I don't know about you guys. So, but by the time Elton John rolled around with that song, I was just so over it. I was just like, can we just get to Best Picture? I was love uh, when that happened. Honestly, oh, go ahead. No, I had energy the whole night. I, I wasn't really lagging other than, like, the 4D Ferrari moments. I feel like... I always think of the year that they, Celine Dion and Andrea Bocelli performed the prayer, the Quest for Camelot song, that eventually <laughs> lost to, I think, When You Believe. But the whole audience thing was like, I should have listened to the songs. Like, I <laughs> Shit. And I love... I feel like it's that category more than any where you watch people be like, I fucking blew it. And I definitely, that is why when I watched the Arrivo thing, I was like, this now looks like the obvious winner and these queens fucked it up. And I know it's going to be Elton John because this always happens. Like, yeah, there was a look of guilt on several faces. So what Brad Pitt's your speech. favorite of the inappropriate dancers on stage during Janelle Monet's number, because I think Dancing Queens and Slims is pretty dicey, <laughs> but I was also totally digging which films they were like, yeah, y'all didn't nominate us. They're going to be on the stage. Yes, Queen and Slim will both be here, but who made you laugh the hardest at seeing them dance? Was it the Jokers? Was it the 1917 Soldiers? Okay, I totally thought that was Hitler, and then it was the 1917 Generals, apparently. <laughs> I go back and forth on that whole thing. Like, I'm happy for Janelle to come and say, you know, I'm black and I'm queer and all of that. But including all those movies that they ignored, it's just like, so people of color can be entertainment, but they can be honorees. I don't know. I was not on board with that. Fair. So I also liked the impulse to be like, I don't care that y'all didn't nominate him. They were some of my favorite movies. They're going to be in my dance thing. I don't care about Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I wanted to see the dancing Fords versus Ferrari, dancing with (laughs) Megyn Kelly. Do that. (laughs) That's what you nominated. Don't go around and come and say, no, Queen and Slim looked great. Let's do that. Or Dolomite. You didn't even nominate for costume design, so stop putting the costumes on the extras dancing. Yep. Yeah. And there was a whole thing, like, air of that, right? Like, there was a lot of jokes. And you're like, but that's you. You can't be making the jokes now, oh, we didn't nominate women and we didn't nominate people of color and there was only one black nominee. And you're making all these jokes and and you're laughing at them and clapping. But, like, that's you. You made those decisions. It's the Obama thing, right? Don't boo. Well, not the the presenters that wanted... To. No, but the people in the audience clapping, the producers, the Aca- they're all the Academy, right? Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of like the whole, like, you know, Natalie Portman getting, you know, pushed back for, you know, like you posted in your article today, Murtada, that she hasn't really worked with female directors, you know, un- like a little bit, but not like some of her peers. And yet she's the one who keeps bringing them up as, like, why are, why are we ignoring them? So she got a, a little bit of pushback online because it's like these other women work with, with female directors r- regularly, you know. Mm-hmm. So that uh, sort of thing. I mean, 
I actually see why, like, I didn't have a problem with Portman because I just thought she was paying a tribute to the year in movies. But Port- Natalie Portman is one person. The Academy is an institution, and it's an institution that has decades of doing this same thing. So then you can't come and then make it a joke and be like, ha, 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 look at us. We're not, that's not us. Let's make fun of it. Yeah. I also feel like as a nation, we could move past the, like, the way to express this grievance is to invoke there should be directors with vaginas. Like, it would be so great if we could think about directors with different perspectives on the world that would help us see things in stories that are not in the stories we're constantly served, rather than, like, the way they decided to go for it. But That's true. Yeah. Because it is, it's very reductive to make it, you know. Right. Just like all women are superheroes. That's not actually the point, but like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That... Yeah. But but I, listen, I, I like, Melania well, is not. And Derek was like, that bitch Ivanka, fuck her. Like, yeah, they're definitely not all superheroes. <laughs> also, I have a question about that. Like, they brought a different conductor just to conduct that one little piece <laughs> yeah. and not actually gave her the job for the whole night, right? Did I misunderstand yeah. that, or is that oh, actually correct. what happened? No, you did not misunderstand that. That is what happened. So that's like what you're saying. It's like lip service without actually doing yeah. the work, you know, which is the, what? I'm sure that's the what we're moving into because there's a lot of like you know people talking about it online all the time virtue signaling all the time but like what are people actually doing maybe that's why Zessie Beats couldn't even quite make herself remember his name <laughs> her only job was oh I felt bad for him at that moment yeah but she, she, she recovered nicely yeah she's a professional and I actually I actually did like that thing with both Daisy and um, uh, Kelly Marie Tran where they sort of went off to the side and were like sitting on, you know, leaning out. Like, I, it just, it felt more homey to me. Like yeah. wandering around the theater. And I liked that um, George McKay was up with the felt, up with the people in the nosebleed too. It was cool. In the literal place where I sat the year that I got to go. So I was so happy to see it again. Hey, George McKay. <laughs> but the presenters presenting presenters, that's a little too much. We did not, <laughs> even he was confused. He's like, the show is running late, but yet I'm here presenting another presenter who's going to present an award. Like, <laughs> yep. like why? It's because they don't have a host. Yeah, and there was definitely not enough uh, uh, movie like movie legends. Like Jane Fonda and was pretty much all we got, and uh, it's Sigourney Weaver. But like, there wasn't enough of that. Well, you don't think Oscar Isaac is a legend, Nathaniel? I see oh. what you're doing here. <laughs> I listen. I would never complain about looking at Oscar Isaac. I thought Natalie might have been tasked toward documentary or international film because they're constantly like, you know, Natalie the intellectual. I did right. not think they would make that queen read the script for the scene in Jojo Rabbit where he's talking about the Jew girl in the wall. That seems bleak <laughs> as fuck to me. But speaking of being a professional, she's soldiered on. Well, she's in Taken's next movie. That's that's the kind of thing they do, right? When, like, you know, Penelope presenting to Pedro and Timothy, and who's worked with Greta, and Natalie, who's going to work with Taka, presenting the award. I guess I don't think of that as work. 
<laughs> but I also thought that really that's enough to outweigh the fact that you have to say this shit. Like they can't even give that part to your co-presenter and then you can come in on Joker. That'd be fine. But yeah, whatever. They punked her. Oh, I want to talk about reaction shots some more. Because how lovely. I mean, we've been here before with Greta. Remember her enthusiasm about Guillermo del Toro and how charming yes. it was. She is like a beam of pure love, talent, generosity in in audiences. But I would like to see her on the podium at some point. Yes. Actually getting an award. I also feel like I know that about you, but I didn't suspect that about Noah Baumbach. And watching them both cry about everything was so great. Yeah. Yeah, that, and, you know, I was just thinking of how cool it is, like, you know, with all the discussion of um, female filmmakers, and they did have, like, an, a, a, you know, and I hate to be, like, here's the problem of, like, like you're saying before, it gets so reductive to say, like, directors with vaginas or whatever, and it, it gets reductive even in a way to be like, what a great year for women, <laughs> like, all women had a great year, this is a silly thing to say, right? Mm-hmm. But there were so many movies, like, that that got that had high profiles and were very acclaimed that were directed by women last year, which was very amazing. And and I was just thinking about how cool it is now that when we have people rising up, we, we're starting to have like power couples, not of like actors but directors. Mm. You know, like Lorene Lorene Scafaria and um, Bo Burnham and. Uh, Barry and, and Lulu. Jenkins and Lulu. Yeah, Barry, Barry and Lulu. Um, they were the ones that, that I first thought of this, and uh, and then got a Noah. That guy was he was sitting with <laughs> Miranda and um, Miranda July and Mike Mills. I mean, it's just like it's very cool to me. Before that's always been the realm of actors, you know. Yeah. Which is which is by necessity more gender balanced because you have to tell stories and you know. Um, so Hollywood was kind of forced into that, but I think if they could have had a way to not give women roles in movies, they would have done that. My own version of um, being stupid and weird about that was that at the Globes, when Jonathan Price took Glenn Close, I don't know if he took her as his date, but they were seated together at the table. And I got on this whole flash fiction that I didn't realize was on. Like, oh, they're dating now. I love that. That's so great. <laughs> and then when he showed up last night, I was like, this is my wife. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> You're so you were to do close. Who's this? You're in that fiction for two months, huh? I, <laughs> I, I, well, I think I told people that. Did you know that they're dating? Like, I... <laughs> didn't realize how much further I'd gone with this than I was allowed. I also realized I'm with the right person after 20 years, that after all those montages, he was like, almost all these movies look better than what I thought they would look like. The Two Popes looks terrible. Why is that nominated? Like, well, exactly. Yes. Thank you. Oh. You know, now I remember the imbalance in the clips, and maybe just because I don't care for the Two Popes, but I thought the supporting actor reel was just way Hopkins heavy. Or maybe because they ended on him saying, you're not God, but you're human, or whatever it is. And then he didn't even show up. Yeah. You, you have to admire that. Him and Joe Pesci are just like, we don't care. Yeah. I have to watch Brad Pitt get it. Fuck that. Yeah. 
But Brad was great. That was a great speech, and it's good that they put it at the beginning, you know, mm. and Regina presented, and he had a good speech again, and looked amazing, and... And how amazing... Uh, speaking of looking amazing, Regina, I mean, she always looks good at these things, but she was, like, looking... Like, that... She was just looking great last night. Yeah, I mean, um, the fashion but, was a little subdued, but definitely her mm-hmm. look was one of the best of the night. And yeah, everyone was in black and white. It was kind of shocking. Yeah, I guess, you know, if maybe because they thought 1917 was going to win. But if they had <laughs> known Parasite was going to win, they would have put a little more oomph into the fashion. Into the fashion. <laughs> what was your guy's favorite speech? Oh, Bong Joon-ho all the way. But but uh, I I do think Brad Pitt has absolutely slayed all of the speeches this season, and they it's, they just I I understand there's a thing going around online that they're ghostwritten or whatever because they're too perfect, but they're just so him, which just means if they are ghostwritten, that ghostwriter deserves every penny that they earned because it feels like it's. I mean, well, of course he's a very good actor too, but it feels like it's coming from him. It feels like his his whole persona is sort of bleeding into everything he's bringing up. And I just loved his speeches this season. And normally like the lock thing where people just keep appearing, I'm like, ugh. but with him, it was different because the speeches kept changing and they were all good. Yeah. And he did a thing with his tongue this time. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Nick, you got to go watch that. It's already a meme. He did a thing with his tongue at the end of the speech. He was he stuck out his tongue like yeah. ah, like ah, it's over. Oh, you know? I remember that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I have nothing negative to say about Brad Pitt's speeches. I have felt like they have been slightly graded on a curve. Like they're fine. I I don't know. <laughs> He's no Julia Reichard. That's a speech. Like that documentary <laughs> gal. Workers of the World Unite. Knew what all the other movies were about, not just who made them. I was all up in that. Yes. That was a good speech, yes. I I love speeches where you can tell that um, the people have actually had conversations with their fellow nominees. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which I felt a little bit that way with. Bong Joon-ho, too, even though he used the translator. Totally. Yeah. Like, he's been thinking about these people. He's been spending time with them on the circuit. Um, yeah. And, and walking he, at SAG was the same thing, right? Like, yeah. Like, hugely touching. Yeah. And then to end the whole night, I loved just the comic anticlimax of the, like, people's movement in the theater to let one more parasite person speak and then have the gal from CJ be like, I like how he walks. I like his crazy hair. <laughs> so amazing. And like many people didn't even know who that was. And uh, yeah. I didn't know who it was. And it wasn't, she wasn't the, she wasn't the producer who won. No. Cause, Cause it was him and uh, the first woman. She's who spoke, right. Yeah, she's yeah. like the kind of Megan Ellison of the big Korean film fund and is this like billionaire heiress who has made all this happen. Um, the, one, the one who spoke last? Yes. Okay. Um, and has like, I think, been pretty instrumental to how well-funded Korean cinema is. And like, um, I love what she said about how Korean audiences have been very honest and frank with us about what they like and what they <laughs> like less. You know, but that was just the 
funniest thing to say after everybody has stopped all the trains so you can talk. <laughs> I like how he talks. I like how he walks. I like everything about him. <laughs> At first I thought she was quoting a song. I like yeah. love the way he walks. I love the way he talks. <laughs> um, yeah. With such a like, I mean, there's obviously 8 million ways in which to go from Green Book to Parasite in one year is like the bends. But after all those assholes just kept, like, aggressing us from the stage and being boorish and just being plainly terrible, like, everyone who made Parasite was a doll, which was so great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, it, it sort of makes the investment in this institution, like, just the intellectual investment and the time we talk about it and think about it and write about it worth it. Because last yeah. year, about around this time, it felt completely not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Uh, depends on how, depends on how the awards go. Um, but yeah, overall, it was a very satisfying conclusion to a film year. Absolutely, and an Oscar decade. Yeah. But you uh, know, next year they'll find whatever green... Green Book 2 is. You know, it's always one good year, two bad years. That's how they go. Or one, like, whatever year. I guess <laughs> this was alright. At least it wasn't that one I really hated. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, this year I had the, the slight advantage of not really hating any of the Best Picture nominees. I, did, you know, I don't care for Joker, but I didn't... But I get why people like it. You know, and I well made and everything but um so that was that made it easier the, the season but yeah usually there's something that's easy to be the villain of the season how long before Sirsta finally wins that's my question i had this fantasy in my mind that people would be like we all wa i don't believe people watched the wife last year it was clear to me that a lot of people did not watch that movie yeah. i wondered did people not even bother to watch judy they all had to watch little women are they going to give her one instead of renee a second one obviously that didn't happen but she feels like somebody who must surely at some point i just hope it's not for something that people turn on her about yeah. Which we've seen a million times, and uh, you know, I, I don't want her to have a reader situation where everybody suddenly hates her because they didn't like the movie. Yeah. Um, and you know, I know people always think those things can't happen, but trust me, they can because I've seen it a million times now, especially to actresses. And it just, um, I just really want Sirsha. I want Sirsha to have a, a year like a Kate Blanchett year where like a Blue Jasmine year where everybody agrees that's the best performance and it's an opportunity to to finally give her an Oscar. Well, Amy Adams was the best performance, but I understand the point that you're making. <laughs> it is incredible that Saoirse has not only been nominated four times, but four times for things that you could easily understand her winning for. Any of yeah. those, right? Like, yeah. it's a pretty incredible track record. Well, she's doing that Ammonite movie. We'll see. Maybe I know that's her thing. Yeah. With with Kate Winslet. Yeah. Well, who's going to so. go supporting? She will go supporting <laughs> right, oh and win. Oh there you have God. it. That's the prediction. One, You got it. <laughs> One year ahead. Saoirse Ronan goes supporting for Ammonite and wins next year. There. That's it. That's the way. 
Well, people are already talking about Anthony Hopkins next year uh, for something that played at Sundance. Um, did you see this one, The Father? I didn't I think it was see called. it. I try to um, avoid like all the movies with the stars because usually you're like, and that's yeah. the one. And, and that I'm turns like, out to actually be good. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't need uh, Anthony Hopkins when he's not even going to show up to the ceremony. Let's focus on someone else. But that's my own. Uh, that always frustrates me when people don't go to the ceremony. Um, but do you think? What do you think, guys? Like this win for Parasite is that going to change the Academy? It's going to change people's. Like, are we going to have better nominees? Because yes, the result was amazing, but the nominations were mostly kind of mediocre, for the most part. My feeling about this is it's not going to change anything except the the expansiveness of the conversation, and that's a great thing because now people will believe that something can happen. And so my hope is that it will make things that aren't that don't quite fit into the normal criteria of regular movies, you know, or regular Oscar movies. And people will be like, you can do like a serial comic like thriller and win Best Picture. You know? Yep. Um so and it can be in a different language. Um and it can and so it, it gives me hope that it'll expand the conversation, but but I but I think the reason it won and the reason it did so well all season, um, I just think it's because it's an undeniable movie. I kind of think it's a situation kind of like Silence of the Lambs was, mm. where people see it and they're like, "This movie's fucking great." You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like it's hard for. But don't people. expect another horror movie next year. Right. Right. Yeah. And I kind of think that's what happened with Get Out, too, mm-hmm. in its year, where it just, like, you know, everyone agrees this is just so good. And I think, so it's like, it's one of these things, like, you can make a mediocre drama or a mediocre war movie or a mediocre biopic and get lots of nominations, but you can't get lots of nominations for mediocre things that aren't Oscar-y. You have yeah. to just be, you just have to be great. Yeah. <laughs> Which Parasite was, so happy ending. The familiar problem of some people having to work twice as hard for half the reward. Right. (laughs) And, like, I thought about that moment. Have you – it's in Frances McDormand's press interview after she won for Three Billboards when the press is asking her, like, when did you start feeling like the momentum was building around this movie? And she was like, I don't think it's about this movie at all. I think it's about Moonlight winning last year and making people not sit with their ballots and think like, well, let me pick my favorite of the ones that I think could ever possibly win. I feel like after Moonlight, people actually started feeling like, let me vote for what I think is incredible. And then like to watch it win licensed all of us to be more adventurous in what we put out there. And like, I think that would be great if that happened. I think change is slow. And like you were saying, Rattata, obviously it feels like one step forward, two steps back a lot of the time, but um, yeah, I would. And I'm sure there are also going to be a lot of movies, any movie that's not in English or any movie that's in a non Oscar genre for a couple of years, we're going to have to read the think pieces about like, is this the year's parasite? And like, <laughs> no, it's, but that's but that's exactly what I mean about the expansiveness. Yeah. But I think that's good, even if it's silly. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it is better than the alternative for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I hope it's a positive change. What I'm afraid of is that, oh, we did this, and we are so enlightened and ahead of ourselves and can do amazing things because we gave Parasite Best Picture and Best Director, and then they just fall back into complacency and not watching movies and voting for just, I don't know, their neighbors short or whatever. Their neighbors short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting for my mother's home movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think the potential for that is high. But I also think that, like, even though I didn't love all these movies, like, to look at even the last several years of, like, The Shape of Water is a crazy-ass movie to have yeah. won Best Picture. Yeah. Like, Birdman is a weird movie to have won Best Picture. The Artist is a crazy movie to have won Best Picture. And, like, it's like when a green book rolls around, there's so much out there that's, like, see, this is who they really are. And it's like, that. there is a totally plausible argument for that, and it's also been one of the last seven times. So, like, I think we need to be less romantically hopeful about Paradise Means It's a New Era, but it also, like, we could afford to be a little less cynical about what it's looked like for a little while now, even if mm-hmm. not... A- yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. That's totally true. Uh, Moonlight, I mean, like, I don't even like Shape of Water, but it it is a totally weird movie. Yeah. Um, to uh, to think of as the top winner. I always um, think of my friends that year being like, I watched it on the plane and I had always assumed people I was like, I can't wait to find out what that's a metaphor for. Like it's like a woman and a fish. That movie was about a woman fucking a fish. I could not believe it. It was not a symbol. It wasn't anything. It was a plot. And I was like, Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the yeah, it's been a while since the King's Speech, in other words. Yeah. Green Book aside. Where something that's like very, very Oscar-y, yeah. you know, yep. takes everything. And what can they do with the acting categories where they can stop just, if you're in a biopic, it means you yeah. win. Um, yeah. I mean, what can they do? That is a great question. I mean, like, it's... I am a fan of Renee's performance, but... I do understand all the sentiments. Like, why this performance? I get it. Like, but also, like, nobody else really put a valiant effort to try and win that Oscar. Everybody's just yeah. like, oh, Renee, gonna... Judy Garland, we're not even going to try. Yeah. 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 I mean, I do. Uh, there is part of me that wonders that if Scarlett Johansson had really wanted it, if she could have, you know, put up a fight. But. I think you really do have to want it. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I'm cynical about you saying that Brene doesn't want the spotlight type of thing. Because I, I think, for the most part, I think you have to campaign if you win. Oh, I think they all campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also think, especially if you're like, this is the first good part I've gotten in 10 years, I'm not going to... Yeah. Scarlett Johansson has every license to be like, I'll kind of do this, but like, I have my next ten movies lined up. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's just so interesting to like. I mean, again, like you said before, Murtada, none of us know anything about Murtada. <laughs> like, we do not know what the voters are doing, but it did just feel. We talked about this last time. I shouldn't even go back into it, but like, I just think it was a real lesson of what screeners people wait to watch tenth. And then time runs out, and it turns out they only watched five. And yeah, um, and if Parasite means that like the next Us that comes out is something that like, well, I don't, maybe I'll watch this first, and then I'll 
watched 1970. You know, I, I mean, that's probably not true, but um, if it just shook people up a little bit, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully the the pundits will also expand their thinking from this. Because as we know, and, you know, guilty to some degree, we're all complicit to some degree when we predict and talk about the Oscars all year long and say, oh, they always go for biopics, but, you know, it's sort of creating a reality that then saves the reality. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I said after Sundance. I was there, and I saw all the movies that everybody saw. I didn't see on Downton Hopkins' movie, because I'm like, that's the movie I'll see in New York. And everybody was just talking about that movie, and I'm like, what about all these other movies that I'm sure some of you have seen? The one performance you choose to talk about is Anthony Hopkins in The Father. Like, there were others. Stephen Yeun was great. The woman who played his wife, whose name is Yeri Han, was so fucking amazing. Nobody Mm. even mentioned her. Mm. In, Um, In which movie? In Minari. She's so great. There were so many other movies with good, great performances. The 40-year-old version. Nobody thinks of that as an awards movie. And I'm like, why? It's so well done. It won the directing award. Just like Clemens Mm. last year. Nobody talks about Alfred, even though the movie won the jury prize. And that's the thing. If you don't talk about it, you go to Sundance, you watch 30, 40 movies. I think most critics do that. And then you come home and talking about Anthony Hopkins. Like, come on. Talk mm-hmm. about Anthony Hopkins if you really <laughs> think he's the best performance, but also expand the conversation and talk about other people. You can't just say that's the performance out of Sundance. Because yep. that's kind of expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're yeah contributing to the problem. Because um, you think people want to hear... Well, it's the whole thing we've talked about many times on the podcast. Like Advocacy is really important uh, for critics, and they don't do it enough because they're busy predicting... Um, and I don't know when that shift happened, but it definitely happened with critics. They all became pundits somehow. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but let's end on a happy note because we've been mostly happy about this Oscar season. Yeah. So, so who, um, other than Searsha, who she could win very soon, or she might have to wait a while. Um, who else do you think is going to win soon and you're going to be very happy for them from the nominees this year. Well, it's not a nominee, but I do hope Jennifer Lopez finds another movie that is as great as Hustlers with a part that suits her as well as that and that she can build on that promise. But of course, she'll have to play unglamorous. And that's fine. Find an unglamorous part in a great movie, Jennifer Lopez, and then we can root for her again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this, he would even want it, and I can't remember the art director's name, but like I, I think of things like the production designer for Parasite. It would be so exciting for people working entirely out of those genres or outside of Korea to like hire that production designer to think about yeah. spaces. Or like, does anybody watch The Lighthouse and wonder if like Yarn Blaska is not just about black and white crazy ass? black swan persona on an island but like i wonder if that dude is interested in trying you know so like um i'm not sure maybe it's just not coming to be fast enough like there are actors in those fields like i guess florence Pugh would be an example that i'm curious to see what they do next um Mm -hmm. but all of the like i genuinely don't even know what you're about and i hope you get lots more chances tended to be in other categories Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, but I mean that's that's fine. I just focus on the actors because that's. So what's what your people... answer to this question? Um, my answer to this question is Scarlett Johansson, and it's because I've been waiting for so long for this to happen. Um, I know you know she's a controversial actor to a lot of people because she puts her foot in her mouth sometimes, but I genuinely think she is one of the best of her generation, and I think she's been great since she was like a teenager. Um, and it was so exciting to see two performances by her this year that were so different and away from her, these franchises that she's been doing for so long. It just reminded me of like the actress I saw in Under the Skin and Ghost World and all these like really interesting performances. She has so much range. So I'm hoping that she takes this year and runs with it. And I think it might happen with her wrapping up her Marvel stuff. Do we know what she's doing next? We don't, but, you know, her last Marvel gig is coming out in a month or so. So she's going to have plenty of time to do it. So I'm very excited about her. And I also, I I don't think, I think he could be someone we wait to see win and have a coronation like Brad Pitt when he's 50 or 60. But um, I do think Adam Driver, he gets lots of roles already. And I do think there, you know, He's obviously going to win at some point and deserve to. So it's a marriage story, people, for me. You're so aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Nick doesn't like marriage story. <laughs> I'm just torturing him. Um, but I, I actually love your answer best about the production designer. I wish I thought of it because I was so gaga for his work on that movie. And you do, like, I don't know if you guys uh, read uh, my interview with Rodrigo Prieto, um, but it was so interesting to me when he was talking about why Martin Scorsese hired him and why somebody else hired him, and it was these things that were nothing like what they asked him to do for them. Mm -hmm. Like, Martin Scorsese hired him because of lust caution. He was like, okay. Um, So, and, like... I really hope that, you know, like what you're saying about this, the production designer and uh, and Jaron Blaschke and um, cinematography, I really hope to, great directors are looking at these films and going, I want to see what this person can do. Yeah. Um, because now, now from that interview, I know that some great directors actually do that. <laughs> yeah. They see someone's great work and they, they don't want them to repeat it. They just want to work with that person. Yeah. So thanks once again, all of you listening, and it was very jam-packed. Um, I'm very tired, <laughs> um, but it was it ended so well. It did. That was, that was the best capper. Um, so thank you to our guest, Nick. You've been with us for a few times now recently, and we appreciate the time because we know you're very busy. Oh, please recurring cameo player. I'm here in my office because I never got out of here in time to go home to be here, so it's <laughs> kind of hilarious. My office with Julianne Moore presiding over me at all times. But <laughs> We're looking at a Far From Heaven poster right now. Indeed you are. And my co-host, Murtada. Thank you everyone for listening and hopefully you enjoy this and tell us in the comments who do you think Oscars should shine their light on next year? Even if it's Saoirse in supporting. <laughs> Bite your tongue. Let's not support category fraud. 
But only if she's like digitally de-aged. 